Chapter 11 of The Fall of Troy by Smyrnanius Quintus Translated by Arthur S. Way Born 13 February 1847 Died 25 December 1930 This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Troy's daughters mourned within her walls. Might none go forth to Paris' tomb, For far away from high-built Troy it lay. But the young men without the city toiled unceasingly in fight, wherein from slaughter rest was none, though dead was Paris. For the Achaeans pressed hard on the Trojans, even unto Troy. Yet these charged forth, they could not choose but so, for strife and deadly Eno in their midst stalked, like the Phelerenius to behold, breathing destruction from their lips like flame. Beside them raged the ruthless-hearted fates, fiercely, here panic fear, and Ares there stirred up the host. Hard after followed dread with slaughter's gore besprent, that in one host men might see and be strong, in the other fear. And all around were javelins, spears, and darts. Murder athirst from this side, that side showered. Aye, as they hurled together, armor clashed, as foe with foe grappled in murderous fight. There Neoptolemus slew Laomedas, whom Lycaon nurtured by fair Xanthos' stream. The stream revealed to men by Leto, pride of Thunderer Zeus, when Lycaon's stormy plain was by her hand uptorn mid agonies of travail throes, wherein she brought to light mid bitter pangs those babes of birth divine. Nyrus upon him lay he dead, the spear crashed through his jaw, and clear through mouth and tongue passed. On the lance's irresistible point shrieking he was paled. Flooded with gore his mouth was, as he cried. The cruel shaft sped on by that strong hand, dashed him to the earth in throes of death. Even or next he smote above the flank, and onward drave the spear into his liver. Swiftly anguished death came upon him. If it he on next he slew, he quelled Hippodamion, Hippasus' bold son, whom Ocyone the nymph had borne beside Sangarius' river flow. Ne'er welcomed she her son's returning face, but ruthless fate with anguish thrilled her of her child relieved. Paramon Aeneas slew, and Adromachus of Knossus this, of hallowed Lycus that, on one spot both from their swift chariots fell. This gasped for death, his throat by the long spear transfixed, that other by a massy stone sped from a strong hand on the temple struck, breathed out his life, and black dooms shrouded him. The startled steeds bereft of charioteers, fleeing mid all those corpses, were confused, and princely Aeneas' henchmen seized on them with hearts exulting in the goodly spoil. There Philoctetes with his deadly shaft smote Pyrrhasus in act to flee the war. The tendons trained behind the knee it snapped, and palsied all his speed. A Danian marked, and leapt on that maimed man with sweep of sword, shearing his neck through. On the breast of earth the headless body fell, the head far flung, when rolling with lips parted as to shriek, and swiftly fleeted thence the homeless soul. Palladamus struck down Eurymachus, and Cleon with his spear. From Seme came, with Nereus following these. Cunning were both in craft of fisher-folk, 
to cast the hook baited with guile, to drop into the sea the net. From the boat's prow with deftest hands, swiftly and straight to plunge the three-forked spear. But not from bane their sea-craft saved them now. Eurypylus, battle-staunch, laid Hellas low, whom Cleato bare beside Gagea's mare, Cleato the fair-cheeked. Face down in the dust outstretched he lay, shorn by the cruel sword from his strong shoulder, fell the arm that held his long spear. Still its muscles twitched, as though fain to uplift the lance for fight. In vain! For the man's will no longer stirred therein, but aimlessly it quivered, even as leaps the severed tail of a snake malignant-eyed, which cannot chase the man who dealt the wound. So the right hand of that strong-hearted man, with impotent grip, still clutched the spear for fight. Anus and Polydorus Odysseus slew, Cetaeans both, this perished by his spear, that by his sword death-dealing. Stantilus smote godlike Albus with a javelin cast. On through his throat and shuddering nape it rushed. Stopped were his heartbeats, all his limbs collapsed. Tydeus slew Laodocus. Meleus fell by Agamemnon's hand. Deiphobus smote Halcimus and Dryas. Hippasus, how war-renowned so e'er Agenor slew, far from Peneus' river. Crushed by fate, love's nursing debt to parents ne'er he paid. Lamus and stalwart Lyncus Thoas smote, and Meronius slew Lycon. Menelaus laid low Archelochus. Upon his home looked down Corycia's ridge, and that great rock of the wise fire-god. Marvellous in men's eyes. For thereon, night-long, day-long, unto him fire blazes, tireless and unquenchable. Laden with fruit around its palm trees grow, while mid the stones fire plays about their roots. God's work is this, a wonder to all time. By Tursa, princely Hippomedion, son was slain. Menoites, as the archer drew on him, rushed he to smite him, but already hand and eye and bowcraft keen were aiming straight on the arching horn of the shaft. Swiftly released, they leapt on the hapless man while sang the string stricken full front he heaved one choking gasp because the fates on the arrow riding flew right to his heart the throne of thought and strength for men whence the short path is unto death far from his brawny hand euryalus hurled a massy stone and shook the ranks of troy as when in anger against long screaming cranes a watcher in the fields leaps from the ground with swift hand whirling round his head the sling and speeds the stone against them scattering before its hum their ranks far down the wind outspread and they in huddled panic dart with wild cries this way and that who theretofore swept on in ordered lines so shrank the foe to left and right from that dread bolt of doom hurled by euryalus not in vain it flew fate-winged it shattered Mila's helm and head down to the eyes, so met him ghastly death. Still man slew man, and earth groaned all around, as when a mighty wind scourges the land, and this way and that, under its shrieking blasts through the wide woodland bow the roots and fall great trees, while all the earth is thundering round. So fell they in the dust, so clanged their arms, so crashed the earth around. Still hot were they for fell fight, still dealt pain unto their foes. 
unto Aeneas Apollo came, and to Eurymachus, brave Antenor's son. For these against the mighty Achaeans fought shoulder to shoulder, as two strong oxen, matched in age, yoked to a wain, nor ever ceased from battling. Suddenly spake the god to these in Polymestor's shape. The seer his mother by Xanthus bare to the far daughter's priest. Eurymachus, Aeneas, seed of gods, twere shame if ye should flinch from the Argives. Nay, not Ares' self should joy to counter you, and ye were to face him in the fray. For fate hath spun long destiny threads for thee and thee. He spake and vanished, mingling with the winds. But their hearts felt the gods' power. Suddenly flooded with boundless courage were their frames. Maddened their spirits, on the foe they leapt like furious wasp that in the storm of rage swoop on bees, beholding them draw nigh in latter summer to the mellowing grapes, or from their highs forth streaming thitherward. So fiercely leapt these sons of Troy to meet war-hardened Greeks. The black fates joyed to see their conflict. Ares laughed. Eno yelled horribly. Loud their glancing armor clanged. They stabbed. They hewed down hosts of foes untold with irresistible hands. The reeling ranks fell, as the swath falls in the harvest heat, when the swift-handed reapers ranged adown the fields long furrows ply the sickle fast. So fell before their hands ranks numberless. With corpses earth was heaped, with torrent blood was streaming, strife incarnate o'er the slain gloated. They paused not from the awful toil, but I pressed on, like lions chasing sheep. Then turned the Greeks to craven flight. All feet unmaimed as yet fled from the murderous war. I followed on Anchises' warrior son, smiting foes' backs with his avenging spear. On pressed Eurymachus, while glowed the heart of healer Apollo, watching from on high. As when a man descries a herd of swine draw nigh his ripening corn, before the sheaves fall neath the reaper's hands, and hearkeneth on against them his strong dogs. As down they rush, the spoilers see and quake. No more they think of feasting, but they turn in panic flight, huddling. Fast followed at their heels the hounds, biting remorselessly, while long and loud squealing they flee, and joys the harvest lord. So rejoiced Phoebus, seeing from the war fleeing the mighty Argive host. No more they cared for the deeds of men, but cried to the gods for swift feet, in whose feet alone was hope to escape Eurymachus and Aeneas' spears, which lightened ever along their rear. But one Greek, overtrusting his strength, or by fate's malice to destruction drawn, curbed did mid-flight from war's turmoil his steed and strove to wheel him round into the fight to face the foe. But fierce Agenor thrust ere he was ware, his two-edged partisan sure through the shoulder. Yea, the very bone of that gashed arm was cloven by the steel. The tendon parted, the vein-spirited blood. Down by his horse's neck he slid, and straight fell mid the dead. But still the strong arm hung with rigid fingers, locked about the reins like a live man's. Weird marvel was that sight. The bloody hand down hanging from the rein scared the foes yet more by Ares' will. Thou hadst said it craveth still for horsemanship. 
so bare the steed that sign of his slain lord. Aeneas hurled his spear. It found the waist of Anthalus' son. It pierced the navel through, dragging the innards with it. Stretched in the dust, clutching with agonized hand at steel and bowels, horribly shrieked he, tore with his teeth the earth, groaning, till life and pain forsook the man. Scared were the Argives, like a startled team of oxen neath the yoke band straining hard, what time the sharp-fanged gadfly stings their flanks athirst for blood. And they, in frenzy of pain, start from the furrow, and sore disquieted the hind is for marred work, and for their sake, lest haply the recoiling ploughshare light on their leg sinews and hamstring his team. So were the Danians scared, so feared for them Achilles' son, and shouted, thunder-voiced, Cravens, why flee, like starlings nothing worth, scared by a hawk that swoopeth down on them? Come, play the men. Better it is far to die in war than choose unmanly flight. Then to his cry they hearkened, and straightway were of good heart. Mighty of mood, he leapt upon the Trojans, swinging in his hand the lightning spear. Swept after him his host of Myrmidons, with hearts swelled with the strength resistless of a tempest. So the Greeks won a breathing space. With fury like his sires, one on other slew he of the foe. Recoiling back they fell, as waves on rolled by Boreas foaming from the deep to the strand are caught by another blast that whirlwind-like leaps in a short lull of the north wind, forth, smites them full face, and hurls them back from the shore. So them that erewhile on the Danians pressed, godlike Achilles' son now backward hurled, a short space only. Brave Aeneas' spirit let him not flee, but made him bide the fight fearlessly, and Eno level held the battle-scales. Yet not against Aeneas Achilles' son upraised his father's spear, but elsewhither turned his fury, in reverence for Aphrodite, that his splendor veiled, turned from that man her mighty son-son's rage and giant strength on other host of foes. There he slew many a Trojan, while the ranks of Greeks were ravaged by Aeneas' hand. Over the battle slain the vultures joyed, hungry to rend the hearts and flesh of men. But all the nymphs were wailing, daughters born of Xanthus and fair-flowing Samoas. So toiled they in the fight. The wind's breath rolled huge dust-clouds up. The illimitable air was one thick haze, as with a sudden mist earth disappeared. Faces were blotted out, yet still they fought on. Each man whom so he met ruthlessly slew him, though his very friend it might be. In that turmoil none could tell who met him, friend or foe. Blind Wildermid enmeshed the host. And now had all been blent confusedly, had perished miserably, all falling by their fellows' murderous swords. Had not Cronian from Olympus helped their sore strait, he swept aside the dust of conflict, he calmed those deadly winds. Yet still the host fought on, but lighter far their battle travail was, who now discerned whom in the fray to smite and whom to spare. The Danians now forced back the Trojan host, the Trojans now the Danian ranks, as swayed the dread fight to and fro. From either side darts leapt and fell like snowflakes. 
Far away shepherds from Ida trembling watched the strife, and to the heaven-abiders lifted hands of supplication, praying that all their foes might perish, and that from woeful war Troy might win breathing space, and see at last the day of freedom. The gods hearkened not. Far other issues fate devised, nor wrecked of Zeus the Almighty, nor of none beside of the immortals. Her unpitying soul cares not what doom she spinneth with her thread inevitable, be it for men new-born or cities. All things wax and wane through her. So by her hest the battle travail swelled twixt Trojan chariot lords and Greeks that closed in grapple of fight. They dealt each other death ruthlessly. No man quelled, but stout of heart fought on, for courage thrust men into war. But now, when many had perished in the dust, then did the Argive might prevail at last, by stern decree of Pallas, for she came into the heart of battle, hot to help the Greeks to lay waste Priam's glorious town. Then Aphrodite, who lamented sore for Paris slain, snatched suddenly away renowned Aeneas from the deadly strife, and poured thick mist about him. Fate forbade that hero any longer to contend with Argive foes without the high-built wall. Yea, and his mother sorely feared the wrath of Pallas, passing wise, whose heart was keen to help the Danians now. Yea, feared lest she might slay him, even beyond his doom, who spared not Ares' self, a mightier far than he. No more the Trojans now abode the edge of fight, but all disheartened backward drew. For like fierce ravening beasts the Argive men leapt on them, mad with murderous rage of war, Choked with their slain the river channels were. Heaped was the field, in red dust thousands fell. Horses and men, and chariots overturned, were strewn there. Blood was streaming all around like rain, for deadly doom raised through the fray. Men stabbed with swords, and men impaled on spears lay confusedly, like scattered beams, when on the strand of low thundering sea men from great girders of a tall ship's hull strike out with bolts and clamps, and scatter wide long planks and timbers, till the whole broad beach is paved with beams, or plashed with dartling surge. So lay in dust and blood those slaughtered men, rapture in pain of fight forgotten now. A remnant from the piteous strife escaped, entered their stronghold, scarce eluding doom. Children and wives from their limbs blood resprent received their arms bedabbed with foul gore and baths for all were heated. Leeches ran through all the town in hot haste to the homes of wounded men to minister to their hurts. Here wives and daughters moaned round men come back from war. There cried on many who came not here. Here men stung to the soul by bitter pangs groaned upon beds of pain. There toil-spent men turned them to suffer. Whinnied the swift steeds and neighed or mangers heaped. By tent and ships far off the Greeks did even as they of Troy. When o'er the streams of ocean dawn drove up with her splendor flashing steeds, and earth's tribes waked, then the strong Argive's battle-eager sons marched against Priam's city lofty towered. Save some that mid the tents by wounded men tarried, lest haply raiders on the ships might fall to help the Trojans, while these fought the foe from towers, while rose the flame of war. Before the Scaean gate fought Capaeasius' son, and godlike Diogenes. High above the Iphibus battle-staunch, 
and strong Polites with many comrades stealthily held them back with arrows and huge stones. Clanged evermore the smitten helms and shield that fenced strong men from bitter doom and unrelenting fate. Before the gate day and Achilles' son set in array the fight, around him toiled his host of battle-cunning Myrmidons. Helenus and Agenor, gallant-souled, down-hailing darts against them held the wall, aye, cheering on their men. No spurring these needed to fight hard for their country's walls. Odysseus and Eurypylus made assault unresting on the gates that faced the plain and looked to the swift ships. From wall and tower with huge stones brave Aeneas made defense. In battle stressed by Samoas, Tursa toiled. Each endured hardness at his several post. Then round war wise Odysseus' men renowned, by that great captain's battle-cunning ruled, locked shields together, raised them o'er their heads, ranged side by side, that many were made of one. Thou hadst said it was a great hall's solid roof, which no tempestuous wind blast misty wet can pierce, nor rain from heaven in torrents poured. So fenced about with shields firm stood the ranks of Argives, one in heart for fight, and one in that array close welded. From above the Trojans hailed great stones, as from a rock rolled these to earth. Full many a spear and dart, and galling javelin in the pierced shield stood. Some in earth stood, many glanced away, with bent points falling, baffled from the shields, battered on all sides. But that clangorous din none feared, none flinched, as pattering drops of rain they heard it. Upon the rampart's foot they marched, none hung back, shoulder to shoulder on they came, like a long lurid cloud that o'er the sky Cronian trails in wild midwinter tide. On that battalion moved, with thunderous tread of tramping feet. A little above the earth rose up the dust. The breeze swept it aside, drifting away behind the men. There went a sound confused of voices with them, like the hum of bees that murmur round the hives, and multitudinous panting, and the gasping of men hard breathing. Exceedingly glad the sons of Atreus, glorying in them, saw that wall unwavering of doom-denouncing war. In one dense mass against the city gate they hurled themselves. With tribills strove to breach the long walls, from their hinges to upheave the gates, and dash to earth. The pulse of hope beat strong in those proud hearts, but naught availed targes nor levers, when Aeneas' might swung in his hands a stone like a thunderbolt, hurled it with uttermost strength, and dashed to death all whom caught it beneath the shields, as when a mountain's precipice edge breaks off and falls on pasturing goats, and all that graze thereby tremble. So were those Danians dazed with dread. Stone after stone he hurled on the reeling ranks, as when amid the hills Olympian Zeus with thunderbolts and blazing lightning rends from their foundations crags that rim up peak. This way and that he sends them hurtling down, then flocks tremble, scattering in wild flight. So quell the Achaeans when Aeneas dashed to sudden fragments all that battle wall, moulded of adamant shields, because a god gave more than human strength. No man of them could lift his eyes unto him in that fight, because the arms that lapped his sinewy limbs flashed like heaven-born lightnings. At his side stood all his form divine in darkness cloaked, Ares the terrible, and winged the flight of what bare down to the Argive's tomb or tread.
he fought as when Olympian Zeus himself from heaven in wrath smote down the insolent bands of giants grim, and shook the boundless earth and sea, and ocean and heavens, when reeled the knees of Atlas neath the rush of Zeus. So crumbled down neath Aeneas' bolts the Argive squadrons. All along the wall, wroth with foemen, rushed he. From his hands, whatso he lighted on in onset haste, hurled he. For many a battle-slaying bolt lay on the walls of those staunch Dardan men. With such Aeneas stormed in giant might, with such drave back the thronging foes. All round the Trojans played the men. Sore travail in pain had folk round the city. Many fell, Argives and Trojans, rang the battle-cries. Aeneas cheered the war-fain Trojans on to fight for home, for wives, and their own souls with good heart. War-staunch Achilles' son shouted, Flinch not ye Argives from the walls, Till Troy be taken, and sink down in flames. And round these twain an awful measureless roar rang, Day long as they fought, no breathing space came from the war To them whose spirits burned, these to smite Ilium, Those to guard her safe. But from Aeneas valiant soul the far fought Aeas, speeding midst the men of Troy, winged death. For now his arrows straight through air flew, now his deadly dart, and smote them down, one after one. Yet others cowered away before his peerless prowess, and abode the fight no more, but fenceless left the wall. Then one of all the Locrians the mightiest, fierce souled Alcimedon, trusting in his prince and his own might and valor of his youth, all battle-eager on a ladder set swift feet, to pay for friends a death-strewn path into the town. Above his head he raised the screening shield. Up that dread path he went, hardening his heart from trembling, in his hand now shook the threatening spear, now upward climbed. Fast high in air he trod the perilous way. Now on the Trojans had disaster come. But even as above the parapet his head rose, and for the first time, and the last from her high rampart, he looked down on Troy, and Aeneas, who had marked, albeit from afar, that bold assault rushed on him, dashed on his head so huge a stone that that hero's mighty strength shattered the ladder. Down from on high he rushed as arrow from the string. Death followed him as whirling round he fell. With air was blent his lost life ere he crashed through the stony ground. Strong spear, broad shield, in mid-fall, flew from his hands, and from his head the helm. His corslet came alone with him to earth. The Locrian men groaned, seeing their champion quelled by evil doom, for all his hair and all the stones around were blood-bespattered, all his bones were crushed, and his once active limbs besprent with gore. Then godlike Peoeus' war-triumphed son marked where Aeneas stormed along the wall in lion-like strength, and straightway shot a shaft aimed at that glorious hero, neither missed the man. Yet not through his unyielding targe to that fair-fleshed one, being turned aside by Cytheria and the shield, but grazed the buckler lightly, yet not all in vain fell earthward, but between the targe and helm smote Medon. From the tower he fell, as falls a wild goat from a crag the hunter's shaft deep in his heart. So nerveless flung he fell, and fled away from him the precious life. Wroth for his friend, 
a stone Aeneas hurled, and Philoctetes' stalwart comrade slew, to Actimus. For he shattered his head, and crushed helmet and skull-bones, and his noble heart was stilled. Loud shouted princely Peoria's son, Aeneas, thou forsooth dost deem thyself a mighty champion, fighting from a tower, whence craven women war with foes. If now thou be a man, come forth without the wall in battle-harness, and so learn to know in spearcraft and in bowcraft Peoria's son. So cried he, but Anchises' valiant seed, how fain soe'er not answered, for the stress and desperate conflict round that wall and burg ceaselessly raging. Pause from fight was none. Yea, for a long time no respite had there been for the war-weary from that endless toil. End of chapter 11